Religio Sanity. Episode 70. What a milestone with Pastor Andrew. <laughs> 70 episodes. Wow. The, the amount of knowledge that you will gain if you listen to all 70 episodes. Can I you, don't know. Can you even, can you even calculate it? Uh, not, not necessarily knowledge, but spiritual orientation. That's a good You one. are like uh, constantly trying to push it intellectual way, which... Uh, That's right. I it, 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 it might be yeah. to some degree because yeah. we are talking about sanity. <laughs> That's right. But... Uh, or so would you say spiritual orientation? Spiritual orientation, yes. 70 episodes to spirit, spiritually orient you in a real true orient way. us. Us, yes, never it's, you. It's inclusive. Uh, you is usually uh, singular, unfortunately. You know, right. even though it can be plural, but because you've been reoriented by this podcast yourself, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah, because it 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 prompts me to to go right. and uh, reread certain things That's or right. rethink certain things. Uh, and, and you are bringing interesting questions, which I would never ask. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Some of them I've cut out, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, the, 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 they became a next episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but really, our diamond episode, will, the 75th episode, will be the real true celebration. So let's get on with what, with, with what we have to talk about today. I mean... Yeah, I... Uh, what do you want to ask? <laughs> well, I mean, it just seems odd that we uh, we really live with with this uh, this entity that, that you know that doesn't seem to really bother uh, 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 agnostic people so much. Uh, this idea of angels, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. isn't that isn't that odd? Like you know, we we've we've kind of uh, secularized them to the point of uh, of folly. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, y y you know, it's interesting that angels uh, became synonymous in, uh, in, in the everyday language yes, exactly. with uh, something uh, like a good person. Yes, uh, yes. Beneficial or benign uh, beyond measure, uh, actually positive. Right, uh, positive presence, which is somehow almost tertiary development. So I, I would like to. F we might make several episodes here. Yeah, and I would like to take us all the way to the beginning. That's yeah. where we uh, normally, what we normally do right. uh, here in this religious sanity podcast, that we really go back to. Uh, Bronze Age or something like that, and start from there and develop it further. Yeah, you know, we we had some Iron Age or uh, late uh, ancient and even going into early medieval times uh, in our discussions and bringing it up to date. Yeah, uh, and so what do you mean probably by angels is is the con contemporary usage uh, like being. Uh, highly positive person say you yeah. know or reality in in the life uh, but as i said that's the tertiary development first will be the that ancient uh 
late bronze uh, or bronze age uh, and then later biblical hebrew bible dimension then we can go to, to the secondary which will be uh, intertestamental judaism and uh, new testament development where angels uh, become a more uh, supernatural beings mm. and eventually then through that uh, development uh, from medieval times onward become uh, a synonym for uh, a positive person yeah yeah but uh, to, to start with uh, it did this uh, idea of angels is actually going back to messengers there was nothing more so in hebrew bible uh, wherever you have uh, translation of angel or something like that that it it does not mean anything else but huh. it's simply a messenger huh. and the same word can be translated both ways like a messenger and uh, like an angel hmm. depending who is the sending party there but uh, in, in Hebrew it is malach uh, and uh, that simply means messenger uh, the, someone who is sent with a message uh -huh. in between two parties and uh, there are uh, royal messengers, uh, there are uh, personal messengers, uh, there are uh, diplomatic messengers, uh, political messengers, military messengers. There are, of course, also divine messengers. The word messenger is actually what in modern linguistics would be called like participium, the one who is being sent. Mm. With a message. Ah, uh -huh. La acha will be the root, uh, three radical root uh, in, uh, uh, in, in uh, Semitic languages. And it seems that the verbal, uh, verbal part of that was uh, simply meant to send a messenger. <laughs> so not necessarily just send as it is often translated or uh, interpreted, but sent a messenger. So that, that representative faculty there uh, plays an important role, uh, like being a carrier of um, message, but at the same time being almost a representation of the person who sent. Mm. Uh, is, is behind it. Uh, those are almost like ambassadors or representatives of, of the person who sent that messenger. Uh, and that is also that they uh, often or ideally uh, are protected as such. Uh, they enjoyed protection, uh, almost similar to what we would call a diplomatic immunity, you know. Or, Don't kill the messenger. Yes, yeah, yeah. Messenger is representation of, of the person who sent it and uh, is uh, 
is enjoying the same authority and protection as the person who sent it. And because messengers were very often sent by royalty or high-ranking people and, and so on, uh, then that uh, gave them this extra protection. That's behind this whole uh, idea of, of messengers. Uh, and they were not only the carriers of uh, words, or messages, uh, but they carried, as I said, authority, and they had uh, often an executive powers. They could act on behalf of the one who sent them. And there are examples that they could take prisoners, they could do uh, on behalf of those who sent them uh, certain activities. So that, that those are all the messengers uh, and that covers the broad spectrum of everything. Uh, as I said, the regular life and diplomacy and commerce and, and uh, you know, in ancient times. And it expanded into the realm of religion mm. simply by association or by uh, projection like the divine heavenly court is structured in a similar way they they experience the royal courts and in visualized the, the heavenly court uh, in in a similar way uh, in the same way they uh, assumed that those messengers uh, functioned uh, or angels functioned. You know, it, it also tells you about the, the human nature of all our language about God and uh, about, uh, you know, what kind of metaphors, for instance, mm. we use, what kind of images we, we apply to God. Mm -hmm. the, the, this is uh, not anthropomorphism, this is an sociomorphism, <laughs> you know, or however you would describe it, simply modeling the realm of God on the realm of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and even that God needs to use messengers, you know, <laughs> angels, yeah. the, for instance, tells you that uh, the original concept of ancient uh, gods, or even the Hebrew God, was not the, the way like the high philosophical uh, ideas Mm. of omniscient, omnipotent, omni uh, omnipresent uh, deity, mm. because uh, if, if it had been so, there'll be no use for messengers when you right. think about it. Uh, why should uh, omnipresent mm -hmm. and omniscient God uh, need to use messengers? Right. Messengers are there to carry the um, information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, across the space. Uh, mm. If the deity is omnipresent, there is no need of carrying the message mm. <laughs> across the space, for instance. Yeah. You know, if it is omnipotent, th there is no need of using any kind of tool of this kind uh, as, as uh, flimsy as, as a human being, say, you know, or something yeah. like that, yeah. as, as a messenger. Uh, it can be burned directly into your conscience, mm -hmm. say, for instance. Uh, so that, 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 that is a very interesting anthropomorphic 
dimension here of, of this part of the theology. I actually like it better because uh, simply by uh, being the theology, the, the, the ancient theology, being this form of mythic narrative uh, nature, poetic nature, uh, it 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 is more inviting. Mm. It's uh, it it allows us uh, to relate to it better. Yeah. Uh, rather than having these philosophical concepts. Uh, and uh, you know because they are to large extent uh, dead. Uh, so you know uh, anthropomorphic images about God, uh, for instance, or you know modeling these sociomorphic concepts uh, uh, help us to relate. The the thing is that we need to understand those original images. You know where yes. they came from. Yes. Because, as I said, they got detached and more and more sublimated and spiritualized to their own caricature. Uh, so all the talk about uh, angels, for instance, uh, are to some degree vestiges of, of polytheism in our own faith. Mm. Uh, we know it because... Uh, in polytheistic systems, for instance, uh, there were uh, deities, messengers. And so I, I studied Ugaritic. There are uh, there, there is a pantheon of main uh, main deities governing the world <laughs> among themselves, uh, and uh, they they have their residencies uh, on on mountains or special places that much we can gather. Uh, they travel between those residencies uh, in processions or in, in a major retinues. Mm. Uh, and when they communicate between themselves, those uh, deities in, in Ugaritic mythology, for instance, they are using messengers. Mm. Uh, and they are using messengers which are deities themselves of lower rank. That's funny. Uh, and uh, so here you see that they are clearly not omniscient, those deities. They are clearly not omnipresent or they don't have that ease of instant travel through the space, yeah. for instance. Yeah. Uh, and, and so on and so forth. So th this is the grounding of that. Yes. Uh, then in classical mythology, Greek mythology, you have uh, that further developed. So, for instance, Hermes is the messenger of the gods, and uh, or Mercury in 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 Latin version, uh, and uh, that that is the beginning of angels, sort of, where they are starting as uh, deities, as as messengers in between the gods, and uh, so in in some form. Then this um, divine authority and, and being a messenger is, is really a vestige of, uh, of those ancient times. Uh, and that can be even seen in, in the biblical tradition itself. Because, for instance, when uh, Abraham is meeting uh, at the Oak of Mamre, uh, with messengers of God uh, 
he is meeting with three people or three persons. And that is, uh, again, kind of mirrored uh, by similar phenomena uh, in, in other mythology. Uh, interestingly, this can be very closely paralleled with, uh, uh, with, a, with that myth of uh, Philemon and Baucis in, in classical mythology as preserved uh, in Metamorphosis uh, by Ovid. Yeah. Because soon after comes the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm which is paralleled to the similar destruction in this uh, myth. Uh, there are not three there, there are two. There is uh, Zeus and Hermes uh, traveling together. But, <laughs> you know, this is... Uh, and then it has its echo in New Testament, where Paul and his helper are perceived exactly like this, uh, mm -hmm. this couple. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the, the whole world was infused with this and, and they saw it that way. And I, I would say that these messengers are definitely like, uh, especially divine messengers, are, are vestiges of this polytheistic mythology there. Uh, and the more we spiritualize them, the more we are actually getting closer to that. Mm. While taking it down to the human level, saying, you know, those are the people who are bringing the message from God. Like it is very often the case in, in, in the Hebrew tradition, then because prophets can be uh, prophet can be both prophet or angel, mm -hmm. you know, or messenger mm -hmm. of the of God, and and sometimes they are interchangeable. There, uh, these two terms, um, Malachi, prophet Malachi, his name means angel, mm. you know, or my angel. Mm. Because the, there is a possessive suffix at the, at the end. Uh, that, that, that's a prime example, for instance. And there is a long discussion whether it should be translated or not, whether it is a name or title, uh, and to what extent. Right. So, uh, so the more we go into the supernatural, the more we are closer to that uh, mythical uh, polytheistic version. Uh, on the other hand, the closer we go to that uh, anthropologic representation or anthropic representation of messengers, that they are just regular folks who are bringing the message, the, the, the closer we get into a very interesting psychological religious phenomenon, you know, where you can be a messenger, mm -hmm. not even knowing it sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, trying to calm some, some person, mm -hmm. uh, for instance, in a distress and be perceived almost as a presence mm -hmm. uh, of divine channeling being an, a, a messenger and that also psychologically then explains uh, those often reported sudden disappearances of these liminal experiences or uh, with angels or revelations because when the message is passed on mm. that 
that function of a messenger disappears. It right. does not necessarily mean that that person disappears. Right. But uh, how to narrate that in an uh, in a story is uh, by simply saying, and he was not there any longer. Even though that person clearly can be there, you know, or you can see them departing or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but that's not important. Mm -hmm. Important was that for that specific moment, that person stopped being that person and became a presence of divine through which God was speaking or was using as a messenger, as a channel. And when that is accomplished, disappeared. Mm. And you, you hear that... Uh, regarding you know Gideon meeting with or Samson's mother meeting and father meeting with a messenger of the Lord and 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 so on and then suddenly disappearing you you have that even in a New Testament for instance uh, the that baptism uh, the first baptism of uh, Ethiopian eunuch when Philip is doing it and then suddenly disappears. So, mm, you know, yeah. so that, that that's another example of that. There, uh, um, it's kind of again like even though Philip is never really called uh, angel, but his sudden disappearance in the text is actually uh, highlighting uh, that uh, yeah. that might be at play. Yeah, for instance the divine communication uh, and, and being uh, an instrument of divine presence for that person is at play. Yeah. And so that is a phenomenologically an indicator that the narrative wants to show that more than just an, an regular human encounter was at play yeah whenever yeah. you hear this sudden disappearance or sudden uh, <laughs> yeah. change uh, opening or closing uh, of uh, of the stage yes you know curtain C peek behind know, the curtain uh, yeah uh, uh, that that's an amount of trans uh, transfiguration for instance you know where you have this revelation and then sudden uh, yeah. change yeah. Uh, of the whole tone and everything. And that, again, is an indication that this is an uh, uh, epiphany, yeah. revelation of, of, divine, of, uh, of certain divine nature. Yeah. You know, uh, Elijah and Moses disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Jesus suddenly changes from the bright uh, dress into something regular again. You know, like before it was into something uh, eye-blinding. Yeah. You, you know, then again, being back. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and all these, uh, this is actually, an, uh, this is a signal, right. narrative signal that, you know, what was in between or what was before that yeah. uh, is an indication of revelation, of epiphany, of, of, of communication of a different nature right. than just regular talk. It's almost like that has to happen in order for it to be the message to be received as divine. Like, mm -hmm. otherwise, mm -hmm. it's just a person 
telling you. Like there, there's no indication in these stories that mm -hmm. it's just a, a great person that it's telling you something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> it yeah. has something has to happen yeah. for it to be like this is this is why this and, is. And and psychologically, you, you know, uh, now thinking about it, if you receive a major jolt in your life, for instance, uh, and and you realize that. Mm. Uh, then uh, everything around that is kind of bracketed out. Mm -hmm. If you are aware of it at that moment, then you start processing what just happened. Yeah. And everything else kind of ceases to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that is like uh, our psychological introspection explanation of that often we also hear that person who is meeting with the angel or with this divine uh, messenger might not be aware of it at that moment it might come to that person later on but even with that then in the memory looking backward that becomes the focal point of the memory and all around it is being to some degree eliminated because the, the main focus is really on what was communicated mm -hmm. and what you recognized even later. So it, it really does not matter whether you, you know this is a communication from a messenger of the, of the Lord uh, at that moment or later. Yeah. It always has this kind of uh, faculty of uh, not necessarily eliminating, but uh, substantially downgrading all which is around it. Mm -hmm. And is this is this the first indication in a, in the in a polytheistic religion of a limitation of God? Is it, or is 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 this what it was thought of like? God can't communicate directly with us, so there's a messenger. Or is it that that is happening because we wouldn't be able to deal with a direct communication from God? Like, is that the other thing? Or is that something that came later, like Mary, you know, the archangel, I mean, we'll probably get to this maybe another episode, yeah, archangels yeah, yeah. and guardian angels yeah, and yeah, all. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That, you know. that, that's that second stage. Uh, <laughs> right. Really, you know, I, right. I think that I, uh, my perspective looking at it is really that uh, substantial amount of theolo uh, theology and mythology is actually built upon anthropology. Mm and understanding of uh, how the society functions. Mm -hmm. It's only brought up into a higher level. And so uh, that'll be the starting point. I, I mentioned that the, to our best understanding, the, the earliest gods we, we, we have written stories about and documentation were not omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, uh, all benevolent. Mm -hmm. uh, as deities became constructed later on, 
that was also their downfall because that was the major criticism during the classical and post-classical uh, Greek culture, Hellenistic period, you know, when they said, oh, those are the stories for children, you know, <laughs> who believes that? And, and it leads towards the monotheism also, that, that it is becoming more and more distilled, more and more uh, abstract, yeah. uh, more and more philosophical, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But the earliest forms were this mythical stories where deities were living in their houses or in their temples on the mountains or something like that. They had their locations where they were found, uh, where they resided. Uh, if uh, if they wanted to communicate between the deities, they, had, they were sending messengers or they were coming to visit each other, as I described, and that, that they had processions and... and, and, and uh, retinues which were accompanying them and, and, and all of that, just like royalty would have, say, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, so that, that was the beginning. And, and the messengers, of course, played a role in it. As we are proceeding through, uh, through, uh, through this uh, distillation or spiritualization of of uh, of, of theology, uh, then what you described starts to play more and more role. Yeah. So of course, and even within the classical mythology, you you realize that you cannot simply meet with the deity face to face. Yeah you'll be annihilated, you know, you'll be burned uh, into the smithereen. Like getting yeah. too close to the sun. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. No, <laughs> and there are stories about it, you know, mm -hmm. you, I, you cannot see me, uh, says Zeus, mm -hmm. say, you know, in, in full glory. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and in a similar way, you, you can find exactly the same thoughts uh, being represented. And so it puts some distance between the danger of, uh, uh, the danger of uh, epiphany, mm -hmm. you know, self-revelation of God in full glory, divine glory, uh, and human beings, because they would not sustain it. And so there is this uh, then stronger and stronger function and, and need for these messengers. Mm -hmm. Originally, those were just messengers bringing the messages, say, from a temple to people. Yeah, you know that that'll be the most uh, and you know collecting ties, <laughs> you know, or something like that, because that would be a function of messenger also. Uh, that was that part when I mentioned that they had an executive powers. Mm -hmm. You know, so those will be ambassadors or uh, representatives mm -hmm. of, of a king coming and collecting uh, or the, the requesting the presence of uh, audience or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, or appearance, you know, of subjects say, and, and, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, for, 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 for the deities, then those were uh, also priests can function. Uh, as messengers, mm -hmm. because they are in a contact with the divine in the sanctuary, mm -hmm. and that is why that those boundaries there, and there are several boundaries, say within the temples and and further out, uh, 
they are being navigated by uh, by these messengers, and priests can function there as, as a messenger between the uh, holy of holies and yeah. the, you know other priests, and right. then uh, public outside. Right, right. You know, uh, and again, it is becoming more and more elaborated as the time passes. Clearly, it was not originally that well elaborated. Mm-hmm. And priests were, and there are, you know, uh, instances where priests are called uh, these messengers or angels. Mm. Uh, that that's their function also, mm-hmm. and it is recognized as such. And and don't take me wrongly, all the angels, regardless whether we have them as these supernatural messengers or just human messengers. Uh, Functioning in some divi- for the di- some divine purpose, uh, all of them have this vestigial uh, faculty, you know, like carrying that polytheistic or ancient format of thinking of religion, uh, and I actually like it. Yeah, I-, I think it's more relatable, as I said, in its metaphorical way. It it is more welcoming mm-hmm. rather than having a uh, book of definitions cold and precise under a decadic system of counting, say, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that, uh, like some philosophies are. Uh, yeah. You know, like Wittgenstein and, and so on, you know, where they have uh, individual uh, sentences and, uh, you know, counted and, and digitized. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I like in these narrative, uh, on this narrative mythology slash theology slash mythology. Yeah. And, um, and what, can you give us a little preview of what our next episode will get into there are as i describe it now we talked about that oldest version of angels there are as we talked about it at least one more within the biblical tradition mostly new testamental mm-hmm. that'll be the second yeah but i'm not saying that it'll be next episode Okay. You know, we, we, we can take some time uh, on that. And, and then there is a medieval version of that uh, oh. towards these days, you, you know, or something like that, where, where we can talk about it more. That might be interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for Thank being you. such an angel and bringing this to <laughs> us. Until next time. <laughs>